Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Today, we're going to complete our series on the Wanderers. It's the story of God's people brought out of Egypt, followed by 40 years of wandering. And one of the most important things that we've learned as we close this series is that God wants a relationship with his people. He wants a relationship with me, and he wants a relationship with you. He wants to connect with us. He wants to speak with you. Sometimes he is subtle, and sometimes he is obvious. And one of the most important ways God speaks to us, God speaks to you, is through his promises. The purpose of this last text in this series is for you to understand God not only is being one who keeps his promises, but God who is diligent in making sure all his promises are fulfilled even when you work against him. As Pastor Jared has shared over the last several weeks, I wonder, what have you taken away from each message? I mean, the things that have resonated with me have been God's grace, God's saving power, God's redemption, God's forgiveness, and God's faithfulness. See, after the Israelites were in captivity for 430 years, the Lord used Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. The Lord delivered Israel from the hands of the Egyptians through the plagues. And then there was the crossing of the Red Sea. The final point of deliverance was God's powerful display of parting of the Red Sea. We can trust the Lord when there seems to be no way. And then there were the bitter waters of Marah and Elam. After three days, the people were absolutely desperate because of no water. God was inviting his people to trust him no matter the circumstances. And then the Israelites, they arrived at the desert of sin, and they were hungry. They were weeks away from their recent crossing of the Red Sea and weeks away just from God's providing of the water. But how quickly 
they forgot. Even though they complained, God came through again. His grace is not dependent on our perfect behavior. The Israelites arrived at Mount Sinai, and God spoke the Ten Commandments. God desired a covenant relationship with his people. Through this covenant, they would be his treasured possession of all creation. Our loud and clear lesson from this series is that we tend to complain. Our natural self has a bent towards grumbling. And although we grumble, God is faithful. We can trust God for every area of our life. And I wonder, is there anyone here today that agrees that sometimes you have the tendency to grumble when things are not going your way? Maybe something's off in your family, at work, with a relationship. Or maybe you've been praying for something over and over and over, and it just seems like God is not answering your request. And you're frustrated, and you find yourself grumbling. This series has reminded me of when I relocated here from Tampa after living there for 12 years. I accepted Jesus in Tampa, and I was actively serving Christ. I had a good-paying career job, a nice apartment, I loved living in Tampa. And then suddenly God moved in mysterious ways to make it absolutely clear to me that he wanted me to move home to Elton. I moved home 23 years ago. Now, the first job I worked after returning home from the Skyline Drive was as a rooms inspector. And wow, I learned quickly that if a housekeeper didn't show up for work, then I was going to be the ones cleaning the rooms for the day, and it is a hard job. I remember sitting down on a bed in one of those rooms that I was cleaning, and I started to cry, and I was asking God, why did you move me back to the valley for this? I mean, I had a bad attitude. I wanted to go back to Tampa. I wanted to go back to my friends. I wanted to go back to the good-paying job. I had a nice apartment. I wanted to go back to fun in the sun. I mean, I wanted to go back. I couldn't see God's plan for my life, so I grumbled. I doubted his call to move home. I couldn't see then, 23 years ago, that I would be here today preaching. But God did. Not until I surrendered to God's will that I didn't even understand did I obtain peace. And immediately upon accepting God's will, I landed a job at a local bank as a manager. Our last area of focus is going to be God's people finally entering the promised land. But there was never a doubt, right? I mean, we know the rest of the story. But they didn't. We can trust the Lord today and for all of our tomorrows. 
once the promised land was promised to the Israelites, it was theirs. And today, I'm going to be reading from Joshua chapters 1 through 4. And in the interest of time, I will not read the full text. So please make time to read the chapters in their entirety. The context of today's message is that Moses has died. The people are grieving Moses' death. The Israelites have wandered for 40 years in the wilderness because they had refused to obey God. The disobedient generation wandered until they all died. Moses was a great leader, a servant of God. And Moses had been mentoring Joshua, who was a young man born as a slave while the Israelites were in Egypt. Now, last week, we learned that Moses had sent 12 spies to the promised land. And there were two different reports. Ten said, the people are giants, and we are grasshoppers. Joshua and Caleb gave the minority report to cross over to the promised land. It is good. Joshua knew what was waiting for the people in the promised land. Joshua trusted God's promise. Now today, the Israelites are on the edge of the promised land for the second time. Let us pray for the blessings over the reading of God's word and his message. Lord Jesus, you are here in this place. And Lord, it is so easy at times to wonder if you're there, to think that you have abandoned us, that you've moved, but you are faithful. God, you care about us. And the things that you have told us in your word, you indeed are a promise keeper. Help us to leave this place this day knowing and trusting that you are working even when we can't see you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. 
for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now Joshua knew here, okay, that God was speaking to his people, and he was speaking to his people in the language of a promise. God says, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. They were going to face enemies who were big, who were strong, and they were going to experience challenges. And often we face tough situations, difficult people, and temptations, and God promises that he will never leave us. A heart that trusts God's promises sees adversity as opportunities for God to work. And the more adversity, the more opportunity. God's word tells us to be strong and courageous. The scripture repeats this three times. That's the same thing as using an explanation point in today's writing. Constantly read and study the Bible. And then it says, obey God's word. I have to add, the only way you know how to obey what it says is that you read it. Blessed is the man who walks in the Lord. Now, the land of wandering is the wilderness. And crossing over to the promised land is moving into the things of God, the place of maturity for the believer. Skip with me to Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, Bring out the men who have came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have showed kindness to you. Our lives for your lives. Rahab is found in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And no matter what kind of past that we have had or how insignificant that we may seem to others, God will use simple faith. Rahab trusted God, and she may have not known him that well, 
but she knew that he was the perfect promise keeper. Rahab didn't let her past prevent her from the role that God had for her. See, it would have been easy for her to say, who am I? I'm the lowest of low. But she didn't. She had the courage it took to believe God's promise. Now skip ahead to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. The Israelites were to perform a purification process, and that's what that word consecrate refers to. The consecration or the purification ceremony pictured the importance of approaching God with a pure heart. Like the Israelites, we need God's forgiveness for our sins before we approach him. Verse 6, Joshua says to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gagasites, the Amurites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Joshua had witnessed God's promises fulfilled many times in the past. So Joshua trusted God's promises. Now, when God spoke, Joshua, for one, knew God was trustworthy. We've all had promises made to us. We live in a time that it's more familiar with promise makers than promise keepers. We live in a time when people treat their words lightly. I mean, people are good at making promises, but they don't really care if they break them. And it's sad. And even more sadly, because people so often break their promises, there are those who wonder if God breaks his promises. I mean, why should we trust God? Now, several examples of broken promises. You've heard these. I mean, sometimes in the heat of a moment, we make a promise, and we really didn't mean it. Sometimes we say we're going to do something, and we just never show up. And then, as a manager, 
And also, as a coworker, I have experienced jobs where I have worked with individuals who promised to arrive to work on time, only to constantly arrive to work late. Now, I mean, do you know anyone that promises to arrive on time? Spouses, don't be nudging each other right now. That's something that you do when you get home. Don't nudge your honey. But you know what I'm saying. Everyone is aware of the New Year's resolution. I mean, let's get in shape. Let's eat healthier. Let's exercise. Let's have more fun without ever planning to follow through in a way that will help them to achieve those goals. And here's a broken promise that I remember as a little girl, and I'm 60 years old now. So when I was a child, we used to raise German shepherds. As the dog grows, the ears you know, begin to naturally stand up. But as a puppy, you know, when they got puppy breath and they're so soft and cuddly, they're not standing up. And probably around four years old, I would take clothespins and I would pin those puppies' ears up. Oh, they looked so pretty. I wanted to put little bows on them, uh, but I can tell you what, I got in trouble. And over and over and over, I would promise mom that I would stop pinning up the puppy's ears. A broken promise hurts. Think of the time when someone has made a promise to you and then let you down. What we can learn from Joshua is to focus on God's power to fulfill his promises not on the circumstances of what we see. Joshua knew that God was willing and able to keep every promise to the Israelites. Joshua knew that as soon as the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which that in the Old Testament was a symbol of God's presence, as soon as they set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream, would stop instantly. The Bible tells us that the Jordan was at flood stage. It was the harvest season. And God backed up the water about 20 miles north upstream to the town of Adam. Now, the people shouldn't have been surprised, of course, right? I mean, they had already watched God work and part the Red Sea. I mean, it wasn't the first time he parted waters for them. But they were surprised. See, the river to them seemed to be an insurmountable obstacle. But to God, it represented a decisive turning point. The priest obeyed God, and God worked a miracle in response to the people's faith. Now think about it. Often, God provides no solution until we trust him. And we move ahead with what we know we should do. The solution only comes with our first step. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, 
the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These are stones to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. The Israelites had witnessed the miracle of the Red Sea, and now they're witnessing the miracle of the Jordan. God did not want them to plunge ahead without first focusing on him. The same is true for us. As we move about our busy days, we must always set aside quiet moments to have a time that we can build our own memorial to God's power a time to hear him speak. I remember, and I want you to remember, what he has done for you in the past, but what he's doing for you today. Recognize the blessings of today and be diligent about remembering. There are times that were very much like the wanderers. And over the last several weeks, we've heard repeatedly that the Israelites grumbled when things did not go their way. They said, we want to go back to Egypt. But I have to ask the question, what if they had? I mean, imagine all that they would have lost. All of us, at times, face discouragement. We fight it over situations and over circumstances that we have absolutely no control over. Let me tell you, God is greater than the highs and the lows. It is a daily choice to trust God. He will keep his promise to you. We must choose to trust God in every area of our lives. God is bigger than the problem, and he will go for us he speaks he speaks often and he often speaks through promises you can bank on psalm 145 13 says the lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made this message requires a response of action Remember, the priest, they obeyed God by walking into the Jordan when it was flooding. Often God provides no solution until we trust him. And we move ahead with what we know we should do. And maybe what it is that we should do is trust that he indeed is a promise keeper. God desires movement today. Will you rise up 
submitting yourself to the sovereignty and the guidance of God the Father and choose to trust Jesus in all situations. Although you have experienced doubt, fear, anxiety, and there have been times that you know that the things are just not going the right way, not the way that you wanted to go. You're at your wit's end. Today, you're going to put the stake in the ground, and you're going to choose not to grumble. You're going to choose to trust that God has an answer, that he's going to provide. He's going to work in that relationship that is distant, that is broken, that needs to be redeemed. He's going to work, and he's going to bring healing. And maybe you need a job or the job is just awful or something, but, I mean, God's going to work and you're going to trust him. You name the problem. You fill it in. But you today are going to choose to trust God with what's going on. By faith, you're going to believe that God is diligent in making sure that all of his promises are fulfilled for you in your life. I want us to pray. The van's going to come right now where you're sitting. You know what it is, what you're facing. And it's an opportunity for you to put your faith in action. I mean, we can choose to trust God even though we can't see that he is working. That we choose to trust God in all situations, even when we are at our wit's end. Nobody's looking, but I want you to raise your hand if you're that person that you're going to choose not to grumble, that you're going to choose to trust God to answer, to provide in the situation with that loved one, with that person at work, with that illness that you have. You're going to trust God. God with the problem. All you need to do is just slip your hand up. He sees you. Thank you. He knows. Thank you. He cares. He loves you. Lord Jesus, you know where we are this day, each of us. You are a personal God. And our names are written on the palms of your hands. Lord, it takes courage. And you said to be strong and courageous. It takes courage to slip your hand up and say, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to grumble. I'm going to trust you, God, to provide. I'm going to trust you to bring healing to that family relationship. I'm going to trust you to touch my body where I need a healing touch. I'm going to trust you, Lord, with whatever the problem is, whatever the high is, whatever the low is. Lord, I'm going to trust you, Holy Spirit, to fill me this day. Be my portion. Help me, God, today, tomorrow, and always, Lord Jesus, that we choose to trust you that you are a promise keeper. And even though we can't see that you're working, that you are working for me, for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Trust God. He's a promise keeper.
Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.